Hello, this is Joshua Bell with the Kilt of the Cloth. This was my sermon from May 2nd, 2021. I hope you enjoy. God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from the book of John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it's found in your pew Bibles on page 104 in the New Testament section. Hear now these words from Jesus. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine. And you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. In my prayer concerns this morning, I I didn't necessarily mean to leave him off, but yesterday I was given word while I was hiking with Kevin that... One of my greatest mentors and someone that meant a lot to me passed away yesterday. His name was uh, Reverend Donald Jack Hamilton, and the world knew him as Jack. When I met Jack, uh, he was, uh, I had just moved to Virginia in 2003, and he had been in ministry for 52 years at that point. Uh, And he said, I'm just getting started. That's what he would say to me on a regular basis. Uh, we, we then continued to work together until I moved from Virginia in 2010, and he just stopped working at churches a year and a half ago just because of health issues. So I'm going to let you do the math because I can't. I don't even really know how old he really was. I just know that a man lived a very long and fruitful life doing the things that he felt called to in the name of God through Jesus Christ, even to his very last dying breath. Now, what does that have to do with today's scripture? Well, it has everything to do with today's scripture on accident. You see, I had this idea that when I got started today that I would take the opportunity to talk about the vine and the branches, and I can't do that without mentioning that Jack and I had just this wonderful, beautiful relationship with scripture. My daughter asked me not too long ago, what were my actual favorite scriptures? And I think it might have been Quentin, but either one of them asked me all these times. Which is my favorite? Because you know I always say, well, this is my favorite scripture. (laughs) Well, I have a top five list. It starts off like this. John 15 is definitely my number one favorite passage of scripture. The second one is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is is, uh, the, the one thing that Jack and I always could agree on. It's the most powerful passage of scripture because it says, nothing, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus. Why I say that every celebration of life's 
And then it gets a little scary. From there I say I have a top five. So it's John 15, Romans 8. This is the whole chapter. Then it's the Gospel of Mark. Not bits and pieces. The whole thing. Um, then it's the book of Ruth. Not bits and pieces. The whole thing. And then just to make it more fun, the entire Torah. So, so that's, a, that's just, I mean, it, they're my favorite. Everybody wants to know. So there it is. But I love the passage of scripture because Jack and I would use this all the time when we were working with churches. Because what happens in church life is a lot of times we get confused as to what it is that we're doing. You see, a lot of times in church life, you have programs that everybody does, right? And we always do them because we always have, or we've always done it that way. that way. That's right. We know how this goes. And what happens is, is that when we look at this passage of scripture, Jesus says, I am the true vine and the creator is the gardener and you become the branches. But what makes this portion so memorable is this beautiful image of a vine with its robust branches. And Jesus uses the vine and the branch image as, as a metaphor for the relationship between his followers and himself. The parable is more than most and it lends itself to the instruction. You see the connections or illustrations from the vine and branch to human and fruit. And then our imagination just goes crazy from then about all the things that are in our own life that might need to be pruned. We see the dichotomy of fruitful and unfruitful branches and those who remain in Jesus and those who do not. In the end, the goal here for the gospel writer is to bring honor to God, to God for those who are faithful and fruitful. Whether that means that being faithful or has more to do with fulfilling one's God-own inspired destiny. Or perhaps bearing witness before the world or yet being fruitful in the face of persecution. Now I have to nerd out on this because when you're in seminary they say we want you to write down the scripture that guides you. And this is the scripture that I use for one of my papers. Specifically to say this is what guided me. Now specifically in verse 3 through 4. The Greek word that they use is katairo, which literally means to prune, but it has a double meaning. It can also mean to cleanse. And the translators for centuries have used the word to prune. As it sounds weird to cleanse your vine. Now does the writer seek to evoke agricultural realism and theological truth? Verses 3 to 4 seem to build on this double meaning which equate cleansing with staying in a relationship to Jesus and his word. Now here's where I digress. For a long time, I felt like as a human being, especially in ministry, that I had to do as much as I physically possibly could to make up for the sins of my childhood and my early adult life. The anger, the vehement anger that I had in my heart towards other people. The passion that I had 
against the way that churches have treated human beings for centuries. So while I was in Virginia, believe it or not, I really did way more than I do here. And, and I was always told that, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And so I thought that at some point, if somebody asked me to do something, that meant that I should do it, and I shouldn't say no, ever. A lot of you think that that's what it looks like here. But you didn't see me in Virginia. I remember very clearly when Jack came to work at the church, he said to me, he said, Josh, uh, it's good that you have a lot of hobbies. Uh, where is it that God is calling you to be? Well, I'm a, I'm a minister of the faith, and my job is to be a servant to God and be an ambassador to his kingdom. I had this down pat, right? Servant to God, ambassador of his kingdom. So at the time, I, get ready, here it comes. I was teaching full-time at Appomattox Public Schools. I taught 6th through 12th grade choir, 7th and 8th grade band. Then they added, asked me to teach theater. Then I was asked to teach, uh, uh, oh, I was teaching a class for people that uh, were not going to graduate from high school, so they gave them to Josh because at least Josh could teach them some life skills that might help them. That was from 7 o'clock in the morning till 3.30 in the evening, afternoon. I would then leave Appomattox, drive to Lynchburg, and then I'd be at the church from 4.30 until 9 o'clock, depending on how long the meetings lasted. And then I would go home, uh, stay up until 2 because I couldn't sleep. And then I would wake up, do it all over again, Monday through Friday. On Friday, I would either be getting on a plane, flying to someplace else, or going to the church camp to go meet with another church, or to talk to another congregation about conflict management. And then uh, on Saturday, I would come home, say, hi, I love you all, give my wife a kiss, go to bed, wake up, preach on Sunday morning, and then go back and do it all again on Sunday afternoon. Good question. Some people asked that back, back then, too. Then, uh, <laughs> that was just church. Then I was still performing. Uh, I was still doing opera stuff. And then I was writing for the Disciples World. And, uh, and then for fun, uh, I just had my barbecuing hobby. Um, you could see that at that point in my life, I might have had a lot of branches. Now, it was Jack Hamilton who came to me and he said, Josh, I love you. And I need you to hear me say this from the bottom of my heart. I know that you're a jack of all trades and a master of a few, not necessarily none, but you need to hear the passion and the words of God's voice in the strong calling into ministry. And you need to listen to it. You need to ask yourself, is, is all of these branches truly bringing honor to God? Listen to those words, people. Are all of these branches truly bringing honor to God? And as I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, this is after six weeks of being gone, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and my son did not recognize me. And I remember complaining and commiserating with Jack, saying, but I've been asked to do all of these things. And Jack said, but you've only been asked to do one thing well. You are supposed to be a father and a husband. And then 
you're a minister. Have you ever thought, Josh, that maybe it's the branches that need to be pruned that you're not letting go? And I remember saying, like I've heard you say before, but if I don't do it, no one else will. No one else will. That's check one. That's when you can say without, without any trepidation that that question, that if you can answer that question by saying, well, no one else will, maybe that's the branch that needs to go away. Not just for you, but maybe even for the church. You see, this applies for church communities as well, right? We do these programs over and over and over again, and eventually we say, oh, but we need some help. And everybody says, but you do such a good job. We don't want to, what's the phrase? Get in your way. Then is that truly a mission or a branch that God has called upon this church? You find people fighting for making programs happen. You see them trying to keep it alive. But just like the imagery of the vine and the branches, when the branch dies, it falls off, it withers, and you gather it up and burn it. But churches... <laughs> churches say, oh, no, 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 it's still got life. They pick it up, they grab a roll of duct tape, and they wrap it around the vine, and they say, but it'll work better if we did it this way, right? Even though the branch fell off, died, and has withered away. Oh, it just needs a little bit more love and effort. Sometimes churches, as well as individuals, have to be hit upside the head with the idea that maybe no one recognizes you in the pews. Or in the community. You see God creates this imagery through Jesus. And the idea that if God is truly the vine. And each of you are the branches. Just like a vineyard. They are intertwined with one another. And they support one another in their own journeys of faith. That's what gives them strength. And sometimes the church can be moving so strongly in one direction that we don't even notice that this branch has fallen off because we are just still continuing to reach upward and onward. You see, that's the goal of life, right? To reach for the sun, feeling God's warming embrace, feel the growth within our hearts and our souls that we don't wither away have no purpose. People say to me in all walks of their life, their journeys of faith, well, you know, Josh, I just, I don't know what my purpose is. And then I say to them, well, really quickly, and I, I don't mean it flippantly, by the way, I ask them from the bottom of their heart, can you still pray? Well, yeah, but it just doesn't, this doesn't have the same thing. But prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do. It's regardless of your physical ability or your physical ableness, you have the ability to pray which can move mountains. Your heart and you are abiding in Christ. You will find that there are others that grow along with you along that vineyard. And some that go a different way and a different path. 
and praise God for the ministries that are created by them. And as they're being nurtured, as they're reaching onward and upward. Like our graduates, you begin this new journey of faith with a new branch. And it's painful for your parents and your grandparents and your church family because, well, we love you. And we don't want to see your dreams being squelched by the outside world. We want you to continue to reach onward and upward, listening for that deep electric charge that's inside each and every one of us as we're following along the path of God. And there are good days. And yes, there are bad days. But as Reverend Donald Jack Hamilton told me, when you're listening to the presence of God and you are abiding with Christ, there is never a day when you feel thirsty. There's never a day when you feel hungry. If you abide in Christ and Christ abides in you, you can change the world. And I'm not just saying that for the graduates. It becomes more than just about being the individual you see. It becomes the organic unity and teamwork and the pruning, you know, the ultimate goal. God takes care of that for you. It's really hard to make God do what you want to do. But it's really easy to listen to what God is telling you. The hard part is allowing yourself to grow in that moment. So, in some aspect of a to-be-continued, not a conclusion, ultimately our goal as human beings, as church, and followers of Jesus, is that we are to be producing fruit. And allowing God to Prune us as we do that together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.